Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live, and today we have a special guest, Ben Schnetzer from Why the Last Man. Uh, ben, thank you for being here with us. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right, John. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It's our pleasure. And you know what? what you know, you, your character, you are the last man. How does it feel <laughs> to have your character be a part of the show's title? It's pretty far out, man. It's pretty wild. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. I mean, it's such a, um, it's such an exciting, uh, piece of source material and the, the adaptation that Eli has, has created is, um, is such an exciting and intriguing and compelling world. And so it's just, it's just a thrill, man. This has honestly been like one of my favorite jobs I've ever done. It's um, it's such a great group of people and such a fun character and such a fun team that it's a, uh, it's been a thrill. It's been a real thrill. It looks like to, it looks like a blast, and you guys have a blast. I had the honor of talking to you and your castmates and the crew a couple of weeks ago at New York Comic Con, and you guys right. are just like one big family. Now, like you said, the show is based on the comic book adaptation. You play Yorick Brown, who is the last mm -hmm. man. Were you familiar with the source material when you auditioned or was it afterwards that you got familiar with the material? I wasn't familiar. I had heard of it. I didn't, I hadn't read it. Um, I had heard of it uh, uh, when I auditioned, but I hadn't read it. And so it wasn't until I got the part that I dove into the source material and, um, and acquainted myself with it um, uh, much more intimately. And so, but yeah, the pilot itself, I, I, I read that, I think when they were, when they were casting and it was just so strong and it was so clear that Eli had a, a nuanced and exciting vision for the piece. And, you know, I think any adaptation is a conversation. It's a conversation between source material and the adapters. And, um, and I just really loved what Eli was bringing to the table and I loved the, um, the ways in which she was, uh, the ways in which she wanted to, to realize it on screen and the ways in which she wanted to update it. Um, and so, you know, in our, in our adaptation, you know, Yorick is not, he's not the last man. He's the last cisgender man. And yeah. so what makes him an outlier and, and what makes him stand out isn't his like maleness. It's more the fact that he's this, scientific anomaly mm -hmm. and um and so it was there was such richness and depth in that um in that conceit and in the world and so it's um yeah it's 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 rad and and you know it's it's been really fun as well using the source material as um as a resource and mm -hmm. uh it was amazing when we were at comic-con that was the first time that we had all met brian and uh -huh. so Brian K. Vaughan wrote the uh, the graphic novel, and so that was a real. It was weird, man. It was like meeting your dad. It was like really far out, and so it was. Uh, that was very fun. It was a wild weekend Comic Con. I hadn't been back to New York. I'm from New York. And I hadn't too. been back in like forever, and so it was really, really gnarly going going back and um, you know going to the Javits Center and doing the whole roundtable situation, and it was fun, man. I really enjoy Comic Con. Same here. I'm from, born, raised in Queens, and I haven't been back home since 2019 because of COVID. So it was great to be able to go back home. Uh, it was a real treat. Yeah, so where are you in LA now? 
No, I actually am just outside Washington, D.C. in Northern Virginia, but I commute back and forth cool. from New York. I own my house there in Queens, my childhood home. So it's home and not being All able right. to go home for over two years. It's the longest stretch that I have yeah. gone through not being able to go back home. And it was just amazing to go back and feel the vibe of the city. It's wild. It was the same thing for me too. I had been out of New York for two years and uh, it's a long, I'm a born and bred New Yorker and it was the longest I'd ever been away from the city. So it was a very, yeah, it was a big, it was a big deal. The kind of homecoming it was wild. That's awesome. Now it took uh, a while for a network to pick up the series. Uh, why do you mm. think that is? Uh, Eli had to work very hard and pitch it to get it picked up and it was mm -hmm. but why do you think there was so much hesitation for somebody to pick this up and it's such an amazing show it is it, it, thank you for saying that you know i don't know i think a lot of this stuff it just you know it's it's a miracle that any movie gets made or any tv show gets made period yeah um and i think it's there's a degree of versatility that comes with this source material and, and that comes with the um the very basic bare bones premise and there are some plots there are some ideas that get written on paper and you look at it and you go there's pretty much one direction that this this story can take whereas with something like why there are I mean, there are just so many different directions it could take, so many different uh, um, flavors the world could take on. And so I think, you know, there's, I imagine kind of since it was written, I know there have been talks of, of adaptations for the past like two decades. And, um, you know, it takes a long time. It's a long, um, I can't really speculate as to what, like, I, I don't know kind of how close some things got. I know for a while they wanted to turn it into a movie. Yeah. And then, you know, it's TV over the past 20 years has just taken on this whole new um, identity. And uh, I think something like this that is, is so, that has so much story and is so serialized um, is really perfectly suited for television. And, um, but beyond that, I mean, there's a million and one reasons why it takes a long time for something to develop. And, um, I don't know, but I know it was, you know, it was wild when I finally got the call that I had booked it and was getting ready to rock and roll and it was getting ready. We shot it in Toronto to go to Toronto. Um, and then I think, what was it? It was like two weeks afterwards. Um, everything shut down because of COVID obviously. Oh, yeah. And so that was like another, another, uh, uh chapter in the, uh, I think you. Yeah, um, oh, there you go. But yeah, it's interesting that it's so fascinating the like the stories, the the the, the story behind the story, yeah. like why you know how things come to be, and that's wild. It is wild. It's absolutely wild. Now, for someone who has never watched the show, how would you describe your character, Yorick? Okay, you play. How would you describe it? I would say Yorick is a, um, like I had mentioned before, you know, so, so this cataclysmic event happens and it decimates, it wipes out every mammal on earth with a Y chromosome, except for Yorick Brown, this, this uh, young man who lives in Brooklyn and his pet capuchin monkey. And um, 
Yorick is a an aspiring escape artist. He's um, he teaches magic, and he's uh, he's working on a an, an illusionist show, mm-hmm. and um, he's a bit of a you know he's he's had a bit of a silver spoon growing up. Um, he's definitely been the beneficiary uh, of a lot of privilege, and um, and he gets shouldered with what in his view is this burden Mm -hmm. of being this scientific outlier and having to um having to bear the brunt of this responsibility and he does not do it willingly at first and he's very um you know from the outside you look in and you go oh my gosh how ungrateful or spoiled but i think for him he's a little bitter about it and you know everybody's dealing with so much trauma after this event has happened um, but he's, you know, shouldered with the, with the task of having to, um, venture across country being shepherded by, um, by a special ops, special operative who is tasked with keeping him safe. And, and uh, awesome. hopefully, you know, he, exactly played by Ashley Romans. And, um, you know, hopefully inside him somewhere is the answer to, uh, to why he survived um, when we first exactly. met, but I, Sorry, go ahead. And I was going to say, when we uh, first meet Yorick and he's asking money from his sister, you know, he's kind of a moocher, a loafer. He wants to be this magician. And then this cataclysmic event happens. You are the last man alive and you get found. Your mom, played by Diane Lane, is now the president. We're going to get to her in a second. And you basically say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be the last hope for mankind, you know, uh, the end of the species. And I don't want it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. I don't want to find someone else. And they're trying to convince you there is no one else. You're it. So whether you like it or not, you got to do this. So how do you get into the headspace to, uh, well, when your arc first started to where you are now? It's such an interesting, you know, it's an interesting question that like, I think there's a, you know, there's this imaginative leap that we all took. And I think I maybe I, we may have chatted about this a bit when we were at Comic-Con, but we had Louise Friedberg, Friedberg who directed the first two episodes. When we um, were getting ready to shoot the pilot, she had said to us, she was like, I don't think these characters know that they're in a TV show. And that really resonated, I think, with a lot of us. And I think at each step, you know, when these huge cataclysmic events occur, so rarely do we have the, I mean, nothing like this has ever happened, but, but there are things that you can draw parallels from. And very often we're so confined to our immediate world and our intimate world. Very rarely do we take a step back and, and really try and digest the global impact of something. And so I think for Yorick, you know, I think there's a, I think he's convinced that, that this can't be true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in that scene where it all gets revealed to him, I think we, we wanted there to be, um, we wanted there to be weight to the fact, like he doesn't know what story he's in. These characters don't know, you know, we know the title of the show, but he doesn't. So mm-hmm. when, when um, Diane's character uh, President Jennifer Brown says to Yorick, you know, um, we found plenty of men, none of them with a Y chromosome. 
Um, he doesn't know that that's the show. He doesn't know that's what the show is about. And so we really wanted there to be a big, um, we wanted there to be a real uh, uh, seismic shift when that happens. And I think for a lot of the series, I think he's in denial about it. Mm -hmm. um, I think he thinks it's, it's a fool's errand that they're on. And again, to me, it's always much more compelling when a, you know, the hero and the hero's journey um, is kind of reluctantly on that journey. You know, there's not, he's not the Luke Skywalker who's kind of sitting there like dreaming about bigger things. And then this thing happens. Like he's very much happy not doing anything big. Um, and like you said, he's a bit of a moocher, a bit of a loafer. Um, and so it's, you know, it's an episode at a time taking in these new, and finding moments where the penny drops for him or something shifts for him as far as his relationship to the new world order. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes any sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I like the fact that it's not just the, it, this not only affected humans it affected every animal mm. with the y chromosome and i'm glad mm. they stuck with that with the tv show they could have kept it just humans i mean it's mm -hmm. you know fleet I, th I like the fact that it affects the entire planet all mammals with the y chromosome what were your feelings on that that's a really good question. You know, in, in episode five, there's a great, so we, we meet this character as a huge, huge part of the uh, uh, graphic novels and ends up being a huge part of the series. Um, Dr. Allison Mann, played by Diana Bang. We meet her in episode five and she's got a wonderful, a really wonderful speech about um, the, uh, the, the, the massive impact that this event has had on like biodiversity. And um, it's not just about the human race, it's about, you know, the animal kingdom. And it was, um, it was, I remember shooting that scene and it's, Diana is just such a wonderful actress. She's so good in the show. Oh yeah. And, um, you know, every time she would do that speech, kind of getting hit by new things, finding different moments in it and, it is a, um, again, you know, I think it's important when you're telling a story, um, you intimately acquaint yourself with it, but then you have to like, as an actor, like you have to unknow it at some point. Yeah. And so there is a, you know, there's so much space to take a step back and like take in the big picture of, of what we're talking about here. And I think it's, you know, it's intense and it's full on. I think, especially given like, you know, <laughs> the state of the climate right now. Like it was, there were times when it was like a very heavy, yeah. a very heavy world to live in yes. while we were filming. Now, how do you feel about this show tackling some very hard issues? And I applaud the show for doing this when it comes to transgender, uh, you know, empowering women and having a predominantly female uh, cast and crew uh how do you feel about that approach that this show took i'm really proud of i'm really proud to be a part of it just really proud to be a part of it you know it was very clear from the outset that um eliza clark our showrunner you know the vision she had for this adaptation was um she wanted to create a world that was gender diverse and that was inclusive and uh that was a clear representation of the world that we live in. And um, 
And I'm just, I couldn't be prouder to be a part of it, you know? And, and again, it's interesting, you know, the, I don't know the group of individuals that I was, that, that we worked with on this, this, this show is just one of the most inspiring and talented and hardworking group of individuals I've worked with ever. And, um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, you've, you've done this a long time. Um, usually the gender balance is not, you know, it's not equal. Usually there's a lot of males, oh, yeah. cis males who, um, are, you know, calling the shots exactly. and it's friggin' unfortunate that it's, um, that that's the case. And it's just really nice. I mean, it was a very special experience working on this one nice. and, um, really proud to have been a part of it. Uh, it is special. Now you dropped a bomb at New York Comic Con that took everybody by surprise. Ampersand is CGI. Yeah, yeah man. How does it yeah. uh, talk us through? How do you physically interact uh, <laughs> with something that is not there? Oh, you froze up for a second. It's, um, it's it's been. We're, we're back. Yeah, we're um, back. It's uh, that's such a good question. And again, I'm a uh, shout out to uh, to Stephen Pugh and Jesse, who um, who are the VFX team on on Y. They were the kind of like my point people. Um, yeah, it's funny. We we I did a lot of these where we would sit down and people would be like, "So is it true that uh, Ampersand is uh, Marcel from Friends?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> that's not. No, he's uh, he's CGI. It's um, it's really fun. Like." I, when I first found out that Ampersand was going to be CG, I was a little disappointed. Um, and then I took about three seconds to think about it. And I was like, oh my God, imagine like every day showing up to work. And I love it. I'm a big animal lover. But um, having to do like all of my scenes with a primate would be so intense. Like when you're working with animals or when you're working with children, like basically the scene the actual practicalities of making the scene becomes about like, does the animal hit their mark? Did the kid look, did the kid not look at the camera? Um, and then basically that's the take that they're going to use every time. And so I, uh, I was quite relieved when, we, when, uh, when I actually digested and metabolized the idea that we were going to be doing it CG and it's just really fun. It's like, it's, it's, it's imagination and it's make believe and, um, it was really fun to be able to, you know, the resources on a show like this are really amazing. And so being able to like chat to animal trainers about how, how you'd interact and like how much they weigh and how you hold them was, uh, was a lot of fun. And, um, I really, I'm so impressed and pleased with how they have incorporated ampersand into the show. You know, the show is, there's like a, a degree of grit to it and a degree of like reality in the mm -hmm. show. And, you know, having a pet monkey works in a particular way in the panels of a graphic novel. And it works so beautifully. That relationship is so beautifully drawn out in the graphic novel. Um, but then when you're realizing it in three dimensions on screen, you know, you have to, there are certain adjustments that need to be made. And I think they're made really beautifully. And I'm really proud of the, uh, that relationship. That, that monkey, that character, I mean, he's, uh, just as big a character as anybody else. I mean, CGI. Totally. But I totally. love how they show 
how much you care, your character cares about that monkey, and it's perfectly displayed in the earlier episodes when he goes into the subway and you dive into that water, which I'm sorry, I I put myself in Yorick's shoes and I'm like, you know, (laughs) I I love that monkey to death, but man, I don't know. (laughs) I know, it's a tough call. It's a tough call, man. I have to say it was so interesting when we shot that scene. It's... um. They built this amazing water tank, like on a in the studio, and like built a whole uh, uh, subway station, and then flooded it. And it was really, it was one of the most impressive sets I've ever been in. But it's funny because they had to heat, like they heated up the whole studio. Um, maybe not the whole studio, but they heated up like that whole corner of it uh, because the crew was in the water like all day. And um, and so when we went to film it, it's supposed to be like the middle of the winter and all this disgusting water and all this stuff. And it was actually like, so it was like a really nice, like warm bath. Um, so actually the hardest part of that shooting some of that stuff was like remembering that it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was definitely an unforgettable day. All right. So you mentioned Diane Lane earlier. She is the cast veteran on the set. Uh, what's she like? Is she great? Uh, I mean, she's been doing this for a very long time. Uh, does she yeah. help out the actors? Does is, does she walk onto the set and her presence is immediately felt? It is. It 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 really is. She's um, like you said, she's been doing this a long, long time, and and you can you can just really feel it. There's a, a leadership that she has that's not um it's not forced it's not self-serving um it's she's just got a um you know she's really earned a a place of leadership and Mm -hmm. she's very generous she's a really extraordinarily generous actor and um and that kind of you know when you walk on a set and you have someone who is who has that status and who leads by example and who sets the bar and who shows up and, you know, is the most prepared is the most focused. Like it really sets the tone for a set. And again, it wasn't a, you know, we're so lucky to have been working over the past year. And, um, um, and that, but that said, you know, there were certain challenges that were came on through, through working in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, it's a real testament to, to Diane kind of being being the top of the food chain that this cast got along so well and bonded so much and got so close. Um, and uh, yeah, she's just fantastic. We did a scene, there's a scene in episode episode three, the scene where she, like, we kind of first see each other and, and, and it's, you know, she breaks a lot of news to Yorick and he's having trouble understanding everything and, um, but there's a moment where our director had said to me, she's like, Ben, I'd love for you to like reach over and grab Diane's hand at this moment. And it was a note to me that she gave that we were like, you know, doing a wide, but she gave it up to me. And I was like, okay, cool. All right. All right. I, you know, kind of going through finding that moment. Okay, cool. And, um, and we go to do the scene and the moment right before happens and Diane just like, she hadn't done it in any previous takes, but she just totally like broke down and, I naturally just just reached over and, and, and reached out to her and took her hand. And I realized after we finished the take, I was like, oh my God, she she heard the note that was given to me. And then she basically 
gave me an excuse, gave me a reason to reach out. Wow. Like, like, and it was just such a moment of like, oh, that's what it's about. Like, that's the degree of generosity and in act, acting, it's like pass, it's just passing the ball. And yeah. she just served it up. And I, that was a really powerful moment just as a, as a collaborator for me. Um, I felt really, I was like, oh, dude, I'm really lucky to be working with this person right now. That is, such, um, that is an amazing yeah. story. Now, season yeah, one of uh, Why, for our viewers who don't know, is available on uh, FX on Hulu. Now, it has not been picked up for a season two on FX on Hulu, which is, well, well that's just another conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as many shows as it's happened in the past, they do not get renewed on one network, and then another network sees the potential and picks it up. Uh, before we get to that, what was when did you first find out the news that uh, it wasn't being picked up for season two on FX? Not long ago. Not long ago. Um, not long before it kind of came out. And uh, yeah, man, you know, it's um, it's sad. Like, you know, FX has been, I do have to say, FX has been so amazing and such, uh, they've, they've been amazing teammates. And FX on Hulu has been such an amazing home for the show. Um, but um, we're really hopeful and really looking forward to, to the future for this show. Like, we really believe in it. And it's it's a really special group of people who have come together to um, to tell this story. And I feel so humbled and so grateful to be a part of it. And um, we're very hopeful and uh, yeah, very hopeful that it'll find a home elsewhere. Now um, this, this, there's so much story left to tell. Oh, absolutely. Now this show has received great critical acclaim. The fans mm -hmm. absolutely love it. I gotta ask you this question. Do you think it just got lost in the overwhelming sea of content that viewers have available today? And that was part of the reason why it did not get picked up on FX for a season two? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's an interesting article that, and I try not to read too much about stuff that I'm involved in just because it can make one very self-conscious. But mm -hmm. uh, Amber Tamlin, one of our castmates, had sent it to me. There's a really interesting article in The Hollywood Reporter that talks about just kind of the, um, talks about the intricacies of um, the, 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 you know, there's a thousand and one flaming hoops that, that a show has to jump through to, to, to make it to broadcast full stop. Mm -hmm. um, then adding COVID to that, it just added, a, you know, a thousand more. And there's a really interesting, you know, I, I don't really, I don't know if I, I can get into it too much, but I also don't like it's it's stuff that I try and like a lot of it. I try to 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 willfully just kind of um, um, put in its box, put aside. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's you know a lot of things got drawn out because of COVID. and the time frame was not official to. Um, really to anyone to have to like make certain decisions in, in a very unrealistic amount of time. And, um, and so I think it was that, I think there's a bit of that. And I think also, to be honest, you know, it's funny when we first started doing press for this, um, some people would be like, Hey, so why would you guys, you know, why, why did you guys want to make a show about a pandemic in the middle of a pandemic? And, you know, we're like, 
we we started making this like way before you know there's this has been in, in the works for a long before that and i think you know timing and circumstance are two things that are just never in your control yeah. and um i don't know i think i think the you know i think people need it's a show that you that really like I, th- I think the first episode fucking kicks ass um, but i think for people who don't stick with it who just kind of look at it or just read a synopsis and it's like oh my god a plague or a pandemic that's you know um i think it can it can make people skittish but it's definitely it's so worth the squeeze yeah um and uh, yeah and i'm just super hopeful that we uh, that we find a home elsewhere because it's too it's too good a group and it's too good a show i think um, i think yeah. you will i think you will i think somebody will definitely uh pick it up now the season finale is airing november 1st is okay. that yeah yeah monday okay cannot wait to see that uh we are out of time i want to thank you so much for giving us this time i know you're a busy guy and thank you so much um Again, guys, Why the Last Man is currently available on FX on Hulu uh, for binge watching. So if you haven't watched it yet, I cannot recommend it anymore. I mean, it's an amazing show. It's not just another contagion pandemic show. It's such a deep story from source material that came out a long, long time ago. Ben is the last man, and as we said in the title... Ben, thank you so much. Uh, any final thoughts you want to share before we go? Check out the show, guys. It's on FX on Hulu. Um, I really hope you enjoy it. And John, this has been such a pleasure. I'm really glad we could make this work. I really appreciate it. I think the show kicks ass. And happy Halloween. Happy and, Halloween. Um, I really appreciate this, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. I want to thank all of our viewers for tuning in. Thank you to Ben Schnetzer for being our guest. Till next time, guys, stay safe. And on behalf of Ben and myself, stay walking. Till later. Take care, guys.